This is Shoes from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. take off the month of october of course we hope you guys uh had a fun watching the mlb playoffs the uh you know the world series you know hey, houston astros way to go you know way to, way to pull that first championship in houston there of course you know no problem that they beat the los angeles dodgers there either that's always a always a plus and you know uh, you know mid-market small market town fans like the minnesota twins so so we you know give props up to houston for winning that that uh, world series championship and we are back though. It's November, and we're we're not done for the off season. Talking Twins is here. We are back. We're going to be talking AFL. We're going to be talking some uh, trade rumors and a whole lot more in the in, in the dugout segment. Um, so just you know, we're we are definitely ready to go and fired up for for November here. Now remember, you can always find Talking Twins on the web, and that is at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com/talkingtwins, and you find us on Twitter. And with the handle at Talking Twins. So with that, this is Bradley Swanson. I've got Daryl Yates with me. We are ready to talk some Twins baseball. As let's start it off with our our down on the farm segment, and we're gonna do basically some some AFL updates because that's really all that's happening from a minor league standpoint right now, Daryl. But there there's been kind of a, a few things that have happened in the AFL over the past week. Uh, first of all, we want to say uh, good wishes and props out to Lamont Wade because, boy, that, that was one of the scariest things that I saw over the last week or two in the AFL. That that concussion that Lamont Wade suffered in, in, in a game earlier this week, man, that was – I mean, I don't know if you actually, Daryl, if you saw the, the actual video of, of the, the, concu- the hit, but, boy, it was, a, it was an outfield collision that would, you know, rival some of the stuff you'd see in the major leagues. And – it sounds like Lamont's doing pretty good. Um, he he is he is out of the hot. I think he's out of the hospital at this point, from what I saw yesterday. Um, he's he's still going to be under the obviously the concussion protocol for a while. Um, he's probably not going to be playing anytime soon in the AFL, and the AFL really wraps their season up here. In the no, next he's season. done with he's done with the AFL this year. Yeah, I mean their, their season wraps up in the next what seven to ten days, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, but he he was already back. You know, he had a lengthy delay. He was carried off of the stretcher. Uh, he managed to give thumbs up to the crowd on his way out of the stadium. And according to the Arizona Fall League spokesperson, uh, when this happened, he never lost con- he never lost consciousness. Correct, correct. His head and neck area stabilized. Uh, when he was taken, uh, x-rays were negative. Full reco- uh, recovery was expected, and it happened. You know, he's only 23 years old, and you know he's got a bright future. He was doing quite well, Brad. And let's just start right there with with, with, with Lamonte Wade. You know, he's uh, he's the outfielder ranked. Uh, he's the 17th ranked prospect in the Twins system. Someone that the Twins uh, selected in the ninth round of the 2015 player draft. In Chattanooga over 2017, he had a solid 292, 22 doubles, a couple uh, uh, 
triple, seven home runs, and drove in 67. Now, the outlook that I predict is that he's, Brad, is going to be a solid number four outfielder. Now, we've got a, quite a lot of depth in the outfield, uh, but I could see him as a solid number four outfielder, but given his incredible work ethic, he could outplay his tools into a regular role. Just going to depend on who they have up there. What do you think, Brad? Boy, I, I, I don't – I still don't think he starts the, the club in 2018 in Minneapolis, and it's not because of anything against – Well, no, not 18. He'll play all of 18 in double-A and triple-A. Yeah, oh, triple-A. I think he plays a lot of it in triple-A. I, I, think, I think he'll go to double-A and triple-A next year. But because of his tool set and where he's at, he's really geared towards a fourth outfielder. But because of his worth ethic, I'm saying – that he could play himself into a regular role. It just depends on what front office does and what everybody else does. Uh, you know, because you got you got five, six outfielders ready to play. I see him playing probably sixty to seventy-five percent of his time in in Rochester in twenty eighteen. I would okay. not be surprised at all, at all, if he's a twenty eighteen call up in September when you know when rosters. Are oh command. no, right. I would not be surprised at all with what you've seen him do. I know they'll you know, look at a slash line in, in the AFL, and it was 238, 351, and 413. But the guy did have two homers, three doubles down there, a triple, nine walks, which was second most on the team he was on in the AFL. And his defense is, is stellar. I mean, his defense is already basically MLB ready. Um, I, would, I will not be surprised at all if you see in 2018 that he somehow gets added late in, late in the season onto the 40-man roster. Remember, injuries can factor into this. Trades can factor into this. I mean, you know, a lot of things can factor into this, but this kid plays great defense. He's, he's adept to getting on base, and once he gets on base, he's very skilled at knowing what to do once he gets on to first. Second base becomes his, his basically second home. I mean, he, he, right. he knows how to steal bases. He knows how to run the base paths. The Twins have always liked guys that know how to move from station to station and get to places on the base path to put themselves in scoring position. Lamont Wade does a very good job of that. He, he did a good job of that in Cedar Rapids. He did a good job of that at, at Fort Myers. He did a good job of that in, in his time at, at, with the Lookouts in Chattanooga. I think, to me, I, I'd say it, it's a greater than 50-50 of chance of what he plays at Rochester this year, and I, I would not be surprised at all if he was somehow to make an, an expanded call up in September, I mean, it, he's been he's been one of their, their 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 bright you know prospects, one of their bright pieces in in AFL. Now we talk about somebody else though who's been bright, who's really starting to light up in the AFL in the way that the Twins were hoping when they got this guy, Tyler J. And boy, this is exactly what they wanted to see out of Tyler J. Darrell when they sent him down there. First of all, the uh, yes and no, yep. Well, the health, the health, yes. The health totally. I mean, no. Well, I'm saying yes to know that he had a couple bad outings. He did. But their biggest thing sending him down there was not to see that he was going to throw a zero ERA. Their biggest thing sending him down there was, okay, after what he did this year, that the health was going to continue and that he was, you know, that he was going to be, you know, continue to perform down there and, and, and the health, the arm problems not be an issue. Now, what I will I will take from that is on the 13th he did throw a, a session where he gave up one hit, struck out one walk, and walked nobody. Now Mike Berardino, as uh, you guys know, has been on our show, the Pioneer Press, writes for TwinCities.com. 
um, caught up with Tyler J, who said he felt something click during a recent bullpen session. He said, I felt everything kind of fall in the sink. He said, I'm excited about it. Even when I was at Fort Myers, he said, my pitching coach told me not to worry about the velocity. It'll come. Tyler J said, I now feel it's there. So right. if that's really what yeah, he had a big smile on his face when he was told that the radar gun registered 96. And if that's what the click took, if it took sending him to the EFL to get the click to happen and now this kid's starting to light it up, man, boy, you know, it may not be 2018 where you're paying those full dividends, but if it's not, it might be 2019 where you get to cash the check in. And start well, and I think I think he probably will get up, you know, because it was a lot, a lot of the outlook was he'll start out in Triple A, and you can tell me if you disagree, but you know, you'll start out in Triple A, oh, I think so, and hardly. eventually he'll be in the big league bullpen in 2018, especially if he dominates some of these uh, high-ranked players in, in in the Arizona Fall League. Now, to date. Uh, he had a couple bad outings. He's a, in in the nine games he's been in, and obviously he hasn't started. He just you know because he's a bullpen guy. He's pitched eight and a eight and two thirds inning. He's given a five earned run, and all and those five they came in two outings. He had two bad outings, one really bad one where he gave up a couple home runs, couple walks, but and overall he's got a five nineteen ERA. But, okay, he had seven outings that he was lights out. And I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, and I, that, that's okay. I'm not saying that's bad. No. He's still, get, he's still getting everything together. And it's like, it's like you were saying that they reported that, you know, something clicked. He was – everything was feeling good, not just his fastball, but his slider. His fastball, he can get up to 96, 97. He's got that hard – a Glenn Perkins-esque slider that got 88-89. He could drop down even a little bit more. He works on a changeup that he has and a curveball. And, and he can use those in his arsenal as well. When he's just closing, he uses just his slider and his fastball. So that's really good to know that he's throwing. Yep, he gave up some runs. Okay, we're going to live with it. He's feeling good and he's pitching well and he's, there's no pain. That's the number one thing. There's no pain. Well, and let's talk about another guy who's also, you know, pitched out of the bullpen and pitched pretty well down in AFL, and that's Ryan Eads. I mean, Ryan Eads has been, I mean, basically other than giving up one home run in the One AFL, run, yep. Yeah, he's been lights out. I mean, a 0 0.77 ERA with 10 strikeouts and a 1.29 whip over Actually, a Actually, 0.66 ERA. You're right, you're right, because I forgot. In 10 right. games yeah, and one game yep. start, yep, yep. A two, yeah, he's got two wins in 13 and two-thirds ERA. He's yep, got, he gave right. up that one home run, 13 strikeouts to three walks, and a 0.66 ERA. Now, Brad, tell me this. He's a 25-year-old that the Twins selected in the second round back in 2013. Now, in 2000, last this last season, he spent most of the season in double-A Chattanooga. He did end the season with a, a promotion to uh, Rochester, used primarily in relief. Don't you agree that this is make or break? I mean, I, th I thought this was perfect that they brought him here 
to see what he could do against some elite talent. He he's not the starter we were hoping for. When, when they when they drafted him back in 2013, it was hoped that he could be a midline starter. It's not working out. But that's what they did when they drafted uh, Glenn Perkins, and then Glenn Perkins ended up being a heck of a good reliever, and, and into a closer. Well, he has got he's been lights out. I mean, you look at Ryan. He's got ten games, one start, two wins. 13 and two-thirds inning, a 0.66. I mean, he's been doing it all there, and maybe he's ready to make that big jump into the major league uh, bullpen in, in that middle relief spot. Well, first of all, leave it to Daryl for making sure I got I got Stan corrected for the, the, the stats I missed on Ryanese. <laughs> well, because I was no, really no, big on no, him when they all, drafted no, no. him. It, it, that's all good. I mean, Darryl And when, then when a team drafts someone second round, you want to make sure that it's recognized because it's this is a make-or-break season. No, no, no. If they don't do something with him this year, he's done after this season, Brad. No, I, and, and I'm not making light of that in a bad way. That's why we call Daryl the, the, the minor league guru of the show. And there, there's going to be times where I might miss a minor league stat on a guy, and Daryl's going to make sure to, <laughs> to, to put me in my spot and be like, no, no, dude. He's got uh, 14 and two-thirds, not not 12, dude. Come on, you know. Well, <laughs> and I liked him, and he started out. Like, he had that rookie season where it's good, and then it kind of was like, meh. And then he's been good again. Well, that's why. So I, that's why I want to. I want to see him do well. And that's why I give you props for making sure I had the. I didn't have the right stats there right. for for Ryan and his last because there was another two games in there that you that you had that I that I did not get in there. So no, Daryl's on that. Eads does have. I mean, Eads to me does have some prospect for being a reliever in this organization. Uh, as a starter, no, I don't ever see it happening. I, I that, that he could be a spot starter. He could be he could be what we have in a couple of our bullpen I'd guys rather, right now, Brad. I'd rather not though. I I like what no. I think what I like what he can do, and we're gonna get into this in terms of uh, what the Twins are looking at for a closer standpoint later on in the in the dugout segment. Yes, but I I like Ryan Eads at a seven eight role. I do like him at a you know what, what he's doing right now. With it, he's around. been injury free his entire career, knock on wood. But remember, I, I think I think he's a solid guy in the bullpen, I Brad. Do, I do too. And when you remember, we're he's talking, got the stuff. He's got the pitches to do it too. And we're talking the AFL, so we're talking the you know the the better hitters at the double A, you know high A to double A level. So that that's what typically these guys are seeing. And with what he's done, I really would like to see him as a seventh inning, eighth inning guy. Mixing in with the yeah, I don't think he's a closer. I don't think he has the stuff nope. to be a closer, nope. but I, I definitely think he has the stuff to be a seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth inning guy. You know, or wherever in the bullpen, he could be a solid bullpen guy, and he and it's a it's a guy that you brought up in your system, so you're not paying him tons of money quite yet. Correct, correct. Now we got a couple other guys. Real quick, we'll we'll to wrap up uh, our AFL updates. We talked about Chris Paul is one of them. And this is a guy that obviously won the the AFL hitting challenge contest, and you know when you saw yep. if, if if you got to see that, you know why you won it. If you didn't, please go YouTube or go check it out at ml milb dot com. Boy, there there was no doubt about why Chris Paul won the the AFL hitting challenge. I mean, this kid can literally put the ball wherever he wants to in the baseball park. It's 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 amazing. I mean, we Daryl and I saw him do this as a player at Cedar Rapids. He did it at Fort Myers. I mean, he's at trip at Double A. I mean, the, the, this kid can 
I mean, he can hit the baseball almost, it, it seems, wherever he wants to hit the baseball. That's what's scary. Yeah, he missed a couple months due to a left wrist sprain, but he's been putting up great numbers. Uh, he had his career best numbers this year, slashing 320, 373, 460, Brad. So just like you're saying, yep. and and w- w- winning that hitting contest, it's not anything. I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough competition. Uh, so yeah, I agree with that. And the other guy we have to talk about, I know we got a is Andrew Vasquez. I was going there too. Yep. He yep. was another one, a 32, a 32nd round pick back in 2015. Uh, he's been outstanding his three professional seasons, going seven and one with a one six six ERA in sixty six game. He's sixty. He's six foot six, two hundred twenty eight pound. He's a lefty. Uh, he struck out one hundred fifty eight batters in one hundred eight and two thirds inning while just walking fifty two. And thus far during the Arizona Fall League, in ten games he's gone eleven and two thirds inning. He struck out thirteen. Walk just four, and he has a 0.77 ERA. So once again, pretty damn solid. Now, what is your take on Vasquez, Daryl? And, and I'm going to ask you this: I don't, I don't really have enough of a solid. Take. I think, I think he's honestly, yep. He, uh, he's done a lot in the lower levels. He's going to either start out in Fort Myers and go to High A, or he'll just, depending on what the Twins need, he'll go to. He could start in double A. But what is your, like, if I asked you, what he's, is your. He's in a relief guy right now. Okay, that's what I, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to He's kinda, a solid. Yep. He is, okay, j- just like we were saying about Ryan Eads. Now, Ryan Eads was a second-round pick. Right. And right. he had starter quality. When the Twins selected Andrew Vasquez, they selected a relief pitcher. But you look at. And, you look and at, at times, at times the, every team does that. Every team does that. They select a bunch of people that they're that they think that are going to be good relief pitchers if only for the minor league system. So let me, so let me ask you this, Daryl. If you let, let's say you got the crystal ball in front of you, you got the Thad Levine, Daryl Falvey, you know, magical, you know, target field crystal ball. 2019, he's up in the league system. Not so much time frame, but if, oh. you're, if you're looking in this ball and you've got your and Andrew Vasquez's picture is on the other side of this crystal ball and you're looking through it, what would what would you say – would end up being his role if if and, and I mean this is a big if obviously he has to get to the major leagues first. I mean that's that's a that's a big step in itself. You got to get up to this level. But let's say he gets here. What would you see Andrew in, in your crystal ball? What would you see Andrew Vasquez's role being? Well, Andrew has uh he's posted a sub two ERA, Brad, in each of his four stops in the minor leagues in the past two seasons. So I see him continuing his dominance. He's going against the best of the best, just like Tyler J is, just like uh, Hackamer and Eads. They're going against the best of the best. So I see him going up and getting challenged in double A. And if he's there, now depending on what the Twins do in the offseason, come winter meetings, you know, it depends on what they do. If they go out and get, uh, spend some money on the bullpen. He could be in a bullpen in a Twins uniform in 2019. So say, so he's say got he he's got the stuff. So say he's he got the stuff to be there. Say he's in the in the Twins bullpen in 2019 for Twins. He's a middle relief guy. So what do you see him as more of a? I uh, see him as a. Like a spot, I see him. What's like that? A, like a select relief, like a like more of a situational reliever. Right now, like a yep. 
Okay. I would say I would okay. say more as a. Yep, he's well. He's got that high fastball. But more of a lefty versus righty, more of a situational. Right now, I would say as a, a situational, but you never know. Okay, that, no, that's fair. That's definitely I mean, fair. I mean, look at you look at what May can do. And he he had he had the surgery. Right. But Trevor May, he wasn't just situational. He was power versus power. But, and then then he had and then it, there was a chance that okay he was going to be a guy that okay let, let's shut down his power a little bit and extend him into the role of starter well that's kind of what Vasquez is he's got that power but he also has a little finesse and the reason and, and you can see him doing both and the reason I ask is because a lot of fans maybe don't know a lot about Andrew Vasquez yet they may they may have heard the name but they don't really know. You know, yeah, because you know, he's one of those international free right, agents so that mean, right, you so don't they, hear a lot about. Well, I mean, we we obviously, you know. And, and he came out of nowhere, and he's done spectacular. And obviously, and us guys, you know, doing a podcast or, you know, guys that are reporters that are following, obviously, they, they have more background. And when you're taking a 30-second round. Right, you know. but for so that, and, and, I, I, and I, I'm getting, I, I, I got off track here. I was thinking no, about someone okay. else because I said international. But you know he was taking a thirty-second round. That's not international. Uh, thirty. But when you're taking a thirty-second round, you're you're not thought of. You, you're you're kind of forgotten unless it happens. And that's kind of. And he's a guy that it's it's happening for. And, that, and it's a great thing. That's that's props to your scouting department. And that's why I wanted to ask for you to give feedback for those fans that are you know they're listening to Talking Twins and like, well, who's Andrew Vasquez? Or we've heard the name, but we don't really know anything about the guy. That's why I wanted you to kind of give that feedback in terms of what. When you're six foot six and 228, right. and you're a southpaw, and you struck out 158 batters in 108 innings. But that's why I wanted. That's to, pretty good. That's why I wanted to give you that kind of that crystal ball timeline. So if fans like, okay, well, wh where should we look for this guy, or when should we look for this guy? And I would say you have another year to go until okay. he gets to the majors. Perfect. So, so with that, that's going to wrap up. That's our that's our AF. Oh, real quick, real yeah. quick, oh, yeah. Brad. Yep. Sean Miller. Oh, and yes, I'm gonna be yes, really. Yes. I'm gonna be. I, I'll be really brief. No, 23 ahead, year ahead. old. He's 23 years old. Selected in the 10th round. Uh, same year as Vasquez, but you know, in 2015. But in 10th round, he played the entire season with Fort Myers, hitting 262, 17 doubles, couple uh, triples, two homers, 38 RBIs. Stellar, stellar defense. He uh, he had uh, 51 runs scored. Split time between second, uh, 68 games at shortstop, uh, where he had a seven errors and a 973 fielding percentage, and 54 is at 54 games at second, where he only committed three errors, a 987 fielding percentage. Uh, in 13 games thus far, uh, in the Arizona Fall League, uh, hitting 271. Seven runs scored, a double, two stolen bases, seven RBI. Outlook is double A next year. And because of the depth that the Twins have right now with a, a certain all-star and now gold glove winner, Brian Dozier at second, plus you got uh, Jorge Polanco, you got Sean Miller here, probably going to hit double A, spend the entire year at double A, Maybe get a taste at triple, but that's it for 2018. No, I agree with that. There's a little there log, there's a little log jam right there at those 
at those spots at second. Right now there is uh, until they make a trade if front office decides to make a trade. And we'll see how that plays in the winter meetings and beyond. So, no, right. thank you. Thank you for bringing Sean Miller into that because I, I totally you know, missed that. And that. That's on me. So, again, I appreciate Daryl Yates, the minor league guru, for bringing all those guys in that, that AI missed and all the stats that, you know, to tighten up all those stats and to give you guys that crystal ball and kind of timeline for – for where's our, where guys are going. So that is our AFL update. Uh, we'll have one final uh, update or kind of a wrap-up on the show in two weeks from now when we'll give you guys kind of the AFL wrap, uh, wrap if you will, kind of the overall how the, the season turned out. And with that, we'll that'll be our, our final kind of minor league. You know, down on the farm, we'll kind of hibernate, kind of like some of the animals do in the winter. But we'll still talk about a lot of uh, things that wrap around minor league guys. So with that, we'll take a break. We will come back on the show here in just a moment, and it'll be time for In the Dugout. We've got some great topics. Uh, honors go out to Paul Molitor. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, Twins Fest 28 plans are, are now out there. We will talk about that as well. Uh, a couple of winter meeting topics and a couple of rumor topics as well. So stick around because we'll be right back here on Talking Twins. here on Talking Twins, and it is time now for our In the Dugout segment. We've got some topics to talk about this week with the Major League Club. Uh, starting off with congratulations to none other than skipper Paul Molitor, who was named this past week uh, AL Manager of the Year. And that's right there. That's a, you know, a great honor for for the skipper. I mean, he was he was in a, a shirtless running. I mean, after the, what he did this, you know, this season for taking the Twins from a 100-loss team, to you know, manager of the year. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you know. I, I don't want to say a complete surprise, but I mean, there were there were some candidates, you know, that were also in the running as well, Daryl. But, but boy, a, a well deserved honor, you know, for Paul Molitor to be named, you know, AL manager of the year with what he did with this club over the past couple of seasons. Your, you know, your take. Oh, absolutely, and 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 when you go from a franchise worst hundred and three loss to a. 85 game win playoff run absolutely uh it, it makes you a a, a a perennial uh player and, and you know what he's he's the third he's the third twins uh coach uh to to do it and that's uh you know obviously you got uh yeah you got two other great players in 2010, you had who else? Ron Gardner. Yep. And before that, you had the, the veteran TK Tom Kelly. Exactly. So to have three consecutive Twins uh, players do it, and 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 and, and with uh, and with him, you had the first, you know, the second Hall of Famer to also be named the. Player of the year, uh, the the man, the manager of the year. Right. 
that, that, that that's pretty amazing in itself. And joining only Frank Robinson as the only Hall of Exactly, Famer. Frank yeah. Robinson as the other one. And there's not many, no, I get it, there's not many Hall of Famers that have gone on to do coaching or managerial duties, you know. Uh, but, he, you know, we, we got a guy that has, and it, it, it's pretty amazing. And then you look at what happened last year when they lost 103 games. But, Darrell, I want to I jump in just real quick for a moment about that because you talk about that there's not a lot of – there's not a lot of you know Hall of Fame players that are that are you know successful managers or managers at all, and you're and you're right. I mean, obviously, again, we we, we mentioned that you know Frank Robinson is the only other Hall of Fame player to yeah, be, Frank you know, Robinson, to right? Be elected as uh, you know manager of the year, and, and he, you know, but what Brian Dozier talked about this is a great quote. What Brian Dozier said, he said, "What was so impressive with with Molly is how he was still learning about being a better manager." He said, "It's nothing negative," and, and then Dozier went on to say. When you stop learning, you might as well leave the game. He could have easily have just said, hey, I'm Paul Molitor. You know, I'm a Hall of Famer. And right. we're just doing it my way, and that's the end of the highway, and that's how it's going to go. But instead, he really, you know, he really, you know, came back to the team and, you know, and gave everything he had into them, and they gave everything back into him, and they learned as a unit. And that was the that was one of the great things about Molitor is, yeah, this is a Hall of Fame player, and a lot of times the reason – that you don't see a lot of, you know, how come there's not a ton of, you know, there, there are so many Hall of Fame players. Well, they should all be able to be managers. Well, a lot of them don't have the ability to, you know, break away from, well, I was a Hall of Fame player, so they think that everything should be the way that it went for them. Well, guess what? You're coaching 25 of their guys, and they're not all going right. to be Hall of Fame players. You know, y- you might have been a Hall of Famer, but you're coaching 25 guys. You're going to be lucky if one of those guys ever is going to be a hall of famer and so do you you thinking well because i did this that's you know these all guys are just gonna magically you know soak in that you know ability and it's it's not realistic so what really has been great about Molitor's style and and Mahler even talked about this is he learned from watching other managers and i, I think a lot of guys that are hall of fame players wouldn't have that that ability to what you know to once they left the you know the left the game as a player on the field you know now becoming a manager wouldn't have the mindset to sit and watch other managers and learn how to become a manager because they would think well I was a hall of fame player so I should just be a you know top notch manager and Molitor had a different mindset that no okay I was a hall of fame player but that doesn't give me an automatic pedigree to be a hall of fame manager I need to you know watch learn how do you do it's one thing to be a player but you're not you know when you're a player you're worried about yourself and how you perform you're not worried about how 24 other guys perform you're worried about how you're you know if you're a hall of fame player you're worried about your skill set how you go out and you put yourself out there every day you ain't worried about other 24 guys do and that, that that's not your responsibility your responsibility as a player is to go out there and put your best foot forward each and every day and so it's a little different as a manager and i think molly has been one of these few guys that can bring it over from, and you see it in a lot of sports. You know, people, you know, always say, like, well, how come Michael Jordan wasn't a coach in the NBA? Because Michael Jordan wasn't a coach when he was a player. It was about Michael Jordan and what Michael Jordan had to do to win ball games. It doesn't mean he's the best coach. You know, it, 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 it's, 
it's a real hard line to transform over from being a, a great player to being a guy that can also impart that wisdom on other players. So it's a very, you know, if you, you know, Larry Bird tried it as a coach in the NBA, you know, you see a few guys try it, you know. Like I said, there's only two, like like you mentioned, there's only two Hall of Famers in, in, in Major League Baseball that have ever been managers of the year. So it's not something that everybody can do. So I think it's it's a lot of credit that, that Pauly needs to get. He's doing a good job with this club. You know, a lot of people were mad this year because they didn't get farther than where they got in that, you know, in the playoff race and that one, you know, that, that play-in game. But you know what? Give Paul Molitor a couple of more starting pitchers. Give him a bullpen that he can actually you know, win some games off of. And I think you'll see Molitor's managers, you know, managerial style. Well, absolutely. Even pop out some more, you know. I mean, so I, I think I think Twins fans, you should be happy with the base. You're starting to build a house. You got to start with the foundation, and you keep building from there. You don't throw the house up overnight. So just understand the foundation's built now. Now we're gonna keep we're gonna keep building the house, you know, you know, bit by bit until we get her all up and she's all done. So with that, um, we talk about, um, you know, we got some rumors coming up. We'll talk about in a minute, but kind of a happy note that you know a lot of people have been you know talking about and asking about, and we're gonna discuss is Twins Fest 2018. Now. You know, Twins Fest is always a great event every year. It's a great contributor to the uh, Twins Community Fund, which is always uh, is a great charity. And, you know, the plans are now set for the uh, 2018 Twins Fest. This year, the event's going to run at a little different time frame than normal. Normally, you, you would always see that, that uh, Twins Fest event run at the very last week, excuse me, weekend of January. Uh, culminated after the uh, Diamond Awards that that uh, last Thursday of January, this year, uh, Minneapolis has some other things going on, i.e., Super Bowl Fifty Two. So, yeah, uh, Minneapolis is already going to be turned upside down for a week in January. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Side note: I will not be in this state during that week. Uh, I won't even be in this country during that week, and I'm I'm glad of that. <laughs> so. But that's, that's a side note for me. <laughs> uh, but this year, the Twins and the Twins Community Fund, um, they just released the, the dates in this past week. Uh, the event this year is going to run from January 19th to the 21st. So that is going to be two weeks before the Super Bowl, a week before the craziness starts in Minneapolis. The Twins wanted to get this out there a week before just because – Minneapolis, like a, like Daryl and I have talked about, it, is, is going to flip upside down. Yeah. Um, you know, Friday before the Super Bowl, the week before, all the way until the Super Bowl. So the Twins wanted to be out in front of this. This is also rumored, by the way, the last year that Twins Fest will be at Target Field. There has not been confirmation of that yet, but the rumors have been strong, and there have been some people in the Twins organization that have pushed that rumor including, you know, I, I, I guess I won't say who yet. I, I have heard from some higher-ups in the organization that have talked about in, in 2019, Twins Fest will move to U.S. Bank Stadium. Just due to the space, due to what they can offer there. Well, we heard, we, and, we, and we both heard a lot of people talk about that and how it could be, it could benefit the Twins. 
But right now, I mean, it'd be nice to see them just at Target Field because it's been fun at Target Field. Well, I've I've heard it, Daryl, rumored from two higher ups in the organization. So that's okay. Yeah, it, it they they would like it there. I mean, it, it gave it like when it was back in the Metrodome days, it did give them a lot more room because what they did is back then they would have the floor of the Metrodome be there. Um, their area for the vendor sales, the card sales, some of the, the kids' games, things like that. And then they would do the, the autographs throughout the concourses of the of the Dome, which gave them a lot more room. Whereas okay. you look at a target field, you can't use the outside. You can't use the field in January. It's, it's you know, nine degrees. You know, you can't use the, the outside part of the field for anything. And so what's happened is the vendor sales have been cut to down, like, in the lower levels of the stadium. What it did make for, and I saw this last year, is it made for really tough lines for some of the popular players to get in and out of areas when you had, you know, you had vendors packing in the, the, the alley, you know. The, right. So I, I, I know that the Twins would like to move to having U.S. Bank Stadium be that, that area. Because then they could go back to having the vendor show on the floor, other things on the floor, and then having just the concourses in, in U.S. Bank be the areas for the autographs of the players. So it has been bantied about. It's not going to happen in 2018 because of the Super Bowl. There's just there's just way too many right. things happening there. It's too many moving pieces. I mean, I've got people that I know that are volunteering for the Super Bowl in 20 in, in 2018 and. It's just there's a lot of things going on. But look in 2019. Don't be surprised, Twins fans, if you see Twins Fest slide over to U.S. Bank Stadium from Target Field. But for 2018, we're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of the same things again, a lot of the same um, uh, events. Yeah, the Metropolitan Club will be under construction during that process. So that is one place. Last year, I know the Metropolitan Club was a tap room. It was the... uh, Goose Island Tap Room last year actually was kind of a neat experience. You got to pay ten dollars, and you got a free tap room glass, a nice, very nice glass by the way, nice pub glass, and you got to go in there, try a couple beers, and you know, and little things going on in there, a little you know contest, this and that. Well, this year the Met Club is being rebranded, rebuilt, and will not be available at least from what they've said right now, unless that changes in the next you know two to four weeks. Not available for uh, access during the uh, during Twins Fest 2018. You'll still have, of course, the access to meet Twins players. They'll do the autograph sessions and all that stuff. <clears throat> now there there has not been uh, any uh, you know named you know sessions yet in terms of when players will be out there. Um, so you'll you'll have to wait till that happens. Uh, tickets will go on sale to the general public. That'll be Cyber Monday. And, you know, if you don't know when Cyber Monday is, that's the Monday after Black Friday. So Monday the 27th is, is now Cyber Monday. That's the new name for it, I guess, now. Um, at 10 a.m. And it would be $20 for adults, $10 for kids 12 and younger. Um, you can purchase those tickets at, of course, twinsbaseball.com, by phone at uh, 612-33-TWINS, or the Target Field box office. Um, Friday, January 19th, will run from 4 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, January 20th, will run from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And a little change this year, Daryl. Sunday is going to be from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, normally, Sunday would run till like, 
either 4 or 5 o'clock. They are cutting the hours a little bit on Sunday this year, running it away from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. So Sunday they are going to close the shop a little bit quicker than they have Twins Fest in the past. So just keep that in mind if you are somebody that's either buying tickets, already has tickets, looking to get tickets. You know, keep in mind, you know, if, if you're going Sunday, that normally used to be a 9-to-5 event. That's a 9-to-2 event now. Saturday's going to be the big day at 9-to-6, and then Friday, of course, you got the 4-to-9, 30-p.m. So just, you know, keep that in mind. And, again, you know, uh, more to come in terms of what players will be attending at at Twins Fest in 2019 as we get closer to time for lineup. Now, let's talk about a couple of rumor issues uh, we, we get into we get closer to the winter meetings here. The winter meetings will kick off in about a month, but between now and then, we've got some rumors of spots the Twins are looking to fill, both in the bullpen and from the starting pitching aspect. And Daryl, let's start with the the, the starting pitching aspect because I think this one really kind of yes. you know, grabs me at least. You know, I mean, obviously, a lot of Twins fans are you know are worried about you know starting pitching, starting pitching, and you know. What is, what is that going to mean for the Twins? Well, and you, Darvish, is the big one. Exactly. And so let's, talking about. And let's talk about that because you, Darvish's name has really started to pop up in the in the news here in the last, you know, I'd say at least five, seven days. But, you know. Now, that's going to be a nine-figure number, Brad. And, you know, I get it. He went 10 and 12. 386 ERA, 209 strikeouts in 186 and a two-thirds inning pitch with the Rangers and Dodgers last season. He pitched uh, well early in the postseason, but he did get torched in the World Series, and I don't know if that matters so much right now. Now, he would be the ace. He would be what Santana was, not Irvin. Johan Santana was for the Twins uh, in the last uh, eight, ten years, right? Easily. I mean, I mean, come on. He would be the guy. He'd be the number one guy. And then you would have Irvin. Then you had Brios. And, well, then whoever your fourth and fifth guy was. But he would be the guy. Now, I don't, I honestly don't think, they're going to go and spend 160 150 whatever he's going to cost, $100-plus dollars I don't, I don't think they're going to do that because I think they can go get an Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn for, you know, half the price or maybe $75 million with, with, with whichever guy they win and then go get a stud bullpen guy but you Darvish is the talk, and, and and the Twins are talking about getting him over Jake Arrieta. Well, and, and, and it seems a little more, you know, some of these rumors are, are also kind of, you know, based on the fact of where some of these other guys are starting to look like they, where they, they, you know, they may line up like people were talking about, you know, Alex Cobb, for example, and it starts to look like now, like Alex Cobb, is going to line up in in Chicago. At least there's a preliminary rumors that there has been, you know, uh, an offer for you know Alex Cobb to sign there. Now, it's funny because I've also heard within the last eight hours 
that Scott Boros, who is Jake Arietta's agent, has also made a pitch for the Cubs to re-sign him. Now, would the Cubs do that? I can see it. Remember, this is the this is MLB. There there is no salary cap. There's a luxury tax, right? But there's no salary cap. I mean, if you're the Cubs, remember you won the World Series what two years ago. If you think signing Alex Cobb and you know signing Jake Arrieta gets you back there, um, it might be worth the luxury tax to pay it. If you think you're going to make enough money off of the fans and the gear and everything else, then it's worth it. You know, there that there might be a possibility of that. You know, I know I know Boris has pitched the idea, and you know the the Cubs are going to have to look at what what they feel you know they can pay and where they can make money, what their ownership feels they can make money. But I mean, right now, when you look at where the offers are for you know for Jake Arrieta. Really, I mean, you don't see him really being rumored and coming to to, to Minnesota. You you see that the Cubs no. are being offers, and I don't I don't see it happening. I think the reason Darvish plays is the fact that of course there's the the tie with you know you know Thad Levine from the Rangers organization right. that plays out well. If the Twins could get Alex Cobb. Oh, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but I just, you know, right now it hasn't been rumored that Alex Cobb wants to come to Minnesota. Now, could that change? Sure, it could. The, you know, the Cubs could shortball, you know, they could lowball him by five million a year, and his agent could say, you know, we're not, we're not taking that, you know, and he could shop his wares again on the free agent market. Nothing's locked in stone. Lance Lynn is another name you and I have talked about. Could Lance Lynn come here? Is it possible? Sure, it is. it's definitely possible. Why? Well, no one thought Irvin Santana was going to come here either. Right. But he did. And a lot of it's about the money. I mean, I, I, I yep. hate to say it, it sounds cold, but a lot of it comes. It's, down it's to, about paying that extra yeah. year or two that they want. Right. So it's, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are going to offer up three or four year, but if you offer that fifth year option, and that's what the Twins did with Santana. And that's why they got him. And you're right. That comes down to a lot of it. A lot of these teams, if they're going to offer, hey, we'll give you a three with a club option four, if the Twins come back and say, we'll give you four with a club option five or a four with a player year five, whatever, you know, whatever that, you know, that extra year has to be club option, player option, whatever it is. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the agent goes, well, hey, that looks a little more enticing for you because you're going to get one more year paid at at a pretty, you know, substantial If level. they want them, yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. But oh, I mean, even if you if you're if you're a player, then you and you get a three year with a four option, or you and the Twins go, we'll give you a four year with a five option. You're still going to get paid one more year, right? You know, and so it, a lot of that comes, you know, comes down to you know, I think right now I'd say the Twins' top two options in that that starting pitching market are probably Yu Darvish and Lance Lynn. I think Alex Cobb. It seems like that ship is sailing really quick towards Lake Michigan and Chicago. And we'll see. We'll see because Alex. I think Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, they're two of the same. Yeah. So we'll see. I think. I think. I think that's a lot of. Uh, I think you get either one of them. I think you. you number. We'll put it this way, Daryl. If you get either Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb, you just drastically upgraded your starting rotation. Either. either absolutely. Way. Either way, one of the two. Yep. You just absolutely. You just if you can have Santana. Brios and either one of those do. Yep. And then but you have a you have a nice rotation looking forward. And Gonzalez in twenty eighteen at some point. 
Yeah, at you, some point. Yep, you really plus the guys you have on team already. Yeah, you really at that point you really really drastically shot your. Can you imagine if they came out with uh, one of those two and Wade Davis? Oh, that would be right there. Wade Davis, you got got, if, got MLB Darryl, trade rumors saying that he's going to go a four year sixty. Daryl, and there's no question that the Twins have the money to go after both a starting pitcher like Cobb or Lynn. And a Wade Davis. If Darryl, they can get one of those two and Wade Davis, boy, that's a home run. That, that might be the best offseason we've ever seen, right, Brad? If they did that, I'd have to ask Falvey and Levine where they hid the guns and the masks. <laughs> somehow there was a robbery. I mean, yeah, like, but, wouldn't that be, but wouldn't that be a home run, like oh, the best offseason we've ever me? seen? I mean, if, they were, if they were able to get, let's even say, <laughs> Lance Lynn and Wade Davis, Right. Oh, you, you, I mean, you literally. Lance Lynn, Wade Davis, Alice Cobb, Wade Davis, one, one, one of the two right. scenarios. That oh. would be, that, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be a stand-up clap ovation. You literally just would have your rotation on become Irvin Santana, right. number two guy. Or, that would be amazing. Or, or Irvin Santana Barrios, uh, guy, whatever you want to say, guy you brought in. Yep. And then you're looking at it again, you know, probably at some point Steven Gonsalves is coming up, you know, I mean, and then Wade Davis. Yeah, I mean, you're literally. That would be that would be yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, again, I'd have to ask him where they put the ski masks and the guns because, <laughs> man, they pulled the old train robbery on somebody. I don't know who they, whatever they did. Yes. No, that would be, that would be huge. If they could bring two starting pitchers in of those caliber you know, Lance no, no, Lynn. not two, just one of them. Well, no, if you, you could be one of those plus a Wade Davis type. Oh, you're you're putting Wade Davis in the bullpen, then you're saying, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, of course, of course. Well, yeah, Wade, Wade Davis is your best bullpen guy. Oh, he did, he did start at so one time. So you though. had, if you had Wade Davis in your bullpen, was your second guy, but you got Lance Lynn or or Alex Cobb. One, one or the other. Well, now since we're talking that's, about... That's the best free agent signing the Twins have had ever. Now, since right? we're talking about Wade Davis in the bullpen, though, what if... That's what I'm talking about. I know, but what, so what, what I was going to say is, what if the Twins were able, though, to get their hands on Cincinnati's Rafael Iglesias? Okay, if they can do that, that, that's probably... Well, you're going to have to give up prospects instead of money. And, that, then, and that's the big difference. So with him, you're probably going to have to get up Nick Gordon and Steven Gonzalez. Are you willing to do that? Oh, I think you can. I think you can drive him down from there. That that that's a. Uh, but I'm just saying, a starting point might be Gonzalez and Nick Gordon for Cincinnati's pitcher there. I think. You, I think so no, are I, you willing to dude, do that? Nobody's nobody's giving them their number one starting infield. I'm, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you had to do that, because he might be the best closer on the trade market. I, I'm just telling you, nobody's given up their number one pitching prospect and number one infield prospect for for Iglesias. That that just is not. Right. Well, I'm just saying, but but if that's what they're asking for, well, then they're not. Then they then they don't move him because no team is going to give it to him. So then they can. Well, because our pitching prospects might not be as better than others. Well, you know, and what? I, it might might be a Nick Gordon and then I'd rather then some I'd rather some other pitcher. It might I, be Nick Gordon and some other pitcher. Then I'd rather go sign Wade. Ryan needs. Then I'd rather Nick, go, I'd rather go sign Wade Davis for money then. Well, and then I would too, because I'm saying well, it could be Nick Gordon, which is okay because we have 
the middle infield. It could be Nick Gordon and John Curtis. Nick Gordon and Shagwa. You know, it could be it could be a plethora of, of opposite. You know, I mean, it could be a number of things. But would I give up our top overall pick or our, our number three overall in Baseball America? You know, Nick Gordon and our number one overall pitcher no in way. Gonzalez. I probably wouldn't do that. No way, not a chance in hell. You know. But would I give our, you know, Nick Gordon, maybe our number three overall, number four overall player with our number, you know, seven overall pitcher? Yeah, I'd probably do that. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I, I it's almost, that's what it is. I'd almost rather just would pay Wade Davis. I hate to say it, but I. I mean, if you I, give Wade, well, Wade Davis is the best closer in the free agent market. I just don't know. And you get him and Lance Lynn or Alice Cobb and spend around $100 million, $120 million, between $120 million in contract, that's a win. And that means that – and, and that, 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 that's, that's the market and that's, that's the ownership saying that the Minnesota Twins are in competition with Cleveland – for the next two or three years to be the team of the AL, the, the AL Central. Here's the one thing about Iglesias that I would, I'd be worried about giving, you know, so much, you know, you know, for in terms of, you know, giving up, let's say, you know, Gonsalves and, you know, Nick Gordon for. You know, well, I'm not saying Gonzalez and, but I'm saying know, Nick Gordon is the starting point. I know, but what you're, I know, but you're, but you're okay. saying a, a big, a big prospect payday for, for yep. Cincinnati, right? And here's where I get a little worried. I look at what his numbers are, and this is Baseball Dash, you know, Baseball Reference, our friends at BaseballReference.com. Yeah, he's got two decent seasons as a reliever. Now, mind you, in 2016, he only appeared in 37 games, so you know the stats are are a little little jaded there he appeared in 63 games as a you know in 2017 you know yeah you did have the 28 saves there what a little bit where i get worried about is when i look at what the projected numbers for 2018 are for him at for baseball reference and that's appearing in uh you know i mean uh, uh definitely a number of games 74 innings pitched which would put him on his 2017 you know track and that's only 11 saves. It's a strikeout ratio of one to three and a half. That doesn't blow me away for a closer. I mean, that that's not no. something that really jumps out at me and is like, yeah, you know. And, you know, mind you, that's what his strikeout to walk ratio was in 2017. It's about one to three and, and just a shade over three, one to, one to 3.1. So, you know, there are some things there that, would still, you know, worry me a little bit. Definitely, it would. Say well, and there's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of close lines. There's got Addison Reed. Well, put it I mean, this way. There, there, there's a lot of those mid-range closers that are better than what we have right now. The Minnesota Twins have on the staff. But here's my point. That they general. can go after, so they don't necessarily have to give up the ballpark. And that's my because point. Because there's other guys out there besides Wade Davis, and you know. There's other guys that they can go after. 
without giving up the farm. Well, that's that's kind of my point is, you know, everybody's like, you know, is rocks like, oh, they should go after, you know, Rafael Iglesias. They should do whatever they should. They do whatever they should. They don't necessarily have to do that, no. and they don't have to go spend $60 million. Right. But they they get someone like S and Reed and maybe only go thirty million. Right, there 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 are still. It's gonna be what that first contract is like every single year, Brad. It's gonna be that first and second contract that teams pay that's gonna dictate the level of of salary that everybody's gonna get but paid. Your, your your point is well taken that you know. They need to upgrade the spot. Yes, that that that's, yes. that's a freaking game. And Paul Molitor said up front he'd rather see starting pitching first, and then everything after. But he's not gonna well, yeah, because... shake a stick. He's not gonna shake a stick though at uh, any upgrade. So if it's bullpen that gets upgraded, he's not gonna be upset about that. No, but sometimes you you see front offices they'll sit and spend way too much money on. Oh, we we have to get the bullpen. We have to get the bullpen. We have right. to get the bullpen. And then it's like, okay, you went and spent you know forty million dollars on a closer, and if that guy doesn't pan out like some wicked serious numbers, right. that's not worth your forty million. I mean, and they're not going to spend that kind of money. It's just going to be a matter of right. where they make the trades or or kind of money on anybody because the, the Twins have the money and the Twins have said they're going to spend the money. Right. So it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And now. So when are they going to do it? And, as, as, and that means that we have to wrap up the show because we're going to talk about that they are going to be patient at the winter meetings and uh, Derek, uh, the the Fabio Lavina, I, I, I start wrapping their, their, their names together like it's those little Hollywood couples, you know, <laughs> Falvin or <laughs> you know, right. whatever. But, yeah, they're, they said they're going to be patient in the winter meetings, and so – you know, but, we'll but they are going to spend, though, they said. They are going to spend, so we'll They're talk. not afraid to spend, which we like to hear. We do. Because Terry Ryan, you never heard spend oh, and buying. No. The not, unless was, not unless he was building a house or something I didn't know about. But, yeah. No, he was never. Exactly. Yeah, he was never one. <laughs> so we're, we'll we'll talk about as, uh, um, as we get into our, our show two weeks from now, which will be the week after Thanksgiving. We'll definitely have, um, I think, a clearer picture on how some of this agent market's going to shake down that'll also put us within um 10 days of the winter meetings so we'll definitely have a, a, a greater picture on how some of the gms are are thinking as well so we can we can bring you guys kind of a i mean i don't want to say the 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 clear crystal ball but we can bring you guys at least a less clouded crystal ball of where some of these moves are going to play out in terms of some of these starters a couple of these relievers as well so we'll, we'll definitely uh the the wednesday after thanksgiving we'll come back to you guys on the next edition of Talking Twins, and we'll we'll give you guys a, 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 at least a better picture of where some of this is is playing out, you know, in terms of these guys, and also, you know, the some of the international signings as well. That'll hopefully, you know, we'll get a clearer picture, you know, from that area as well, so we can we can talk to you guys about all that some more uh, on the next edition of the show. Uh, I know that we are going to do a very special though uh, before we leave because I don't want to run out too quick because I know Daryl wants to announce a very special Thanksgiving giveaway that we're going to do here with the, you know, the upcoming holiday. We're, you know, we're very thankful that you guys all listen to the to the, the show each and every episode, and we're, we're very appreciative of that. So I'm going to turn it over to Daryl because we want to be, you know, thankful back to you guys, and we have a, a special Thanksgiving giveaway that we're going to do this here in the up, upcoming week. Daryl, what are we giving away for our well, Thanksgiving giveaway? Well, and I think – we're going to do a Hunter Green giveaway. 
a Hunter Green giveaway. We're so, going to do on Thanksgiving, Brad. A Hunter Green signed baseball. Is that yep. correct? Yep, Hunter Green signed baseball. And we're going to give away on Thanksgiving. So from now until Thanksgiving, we're going to take any retweets or likes. I'm going to put it on Facebook tomorrow. So today's the, what, the 14th, 15th? 15th of, uh, of November, yes. Okay, so the 16th, we're going to get started. Yep. And we're going to do a retweet giveaway, Hunter Green signed baseball. And we'll have it on Facebook, so you Facebookers will have a chance to, all you'll have to do is respond on Facebook as well and say, yes. I want to win, and that, that's good enough. You'll be entered as well, so it won't be Twitter only this time. Our Facebookers will have a shot as well. It's our way of, you know, celebrating Thanksgiving and saying, hey, we, we thank you guys for listening to us, and we thank you by giving you guys a shot to win a Hunter Green signed baseball. The top, you know, what number number uh, was he number two drop? Well, he was he was the number one pick, number one pick. and where he's gonna be in. You know, we know he's a great uh, stud prospect for Cincinnati. Yep. But and I think he's gonna be a great pitcher. Everything that we saw from him uh, in 2016 and 17, he's gonna be a great pitcher. I want him to be a great pitcher because he's a great kid. He, you know, he's a great athlete. He's a great kid. He's a great personality. I was hoping the Twins would get him, but you know we didn't get him. But that's okay. He's still going to be a great professional. Uh, Hunter Green. We're going to give his signed baseball away on Thanksgiving Day. Well, perfect. There you guys go. A chance to win a you know number one draft pick. Hunter Green signed baseball. You'll see the contest pop out on Twitter tomorrow. Um, you'll also see details when the, the episode pops on, on Facebook on how you just have to reply, and, you'll, and we'll make you – it'll be a simple. You just have to comment with, I want to win the baseball, and we'll enter all you guys in the drawing. And as Daryl mentioned, uh, to run through Thanksgiving, and then we will next week announce the uh, winner. Um, and we'll, we'll send that out, and then the, uh, we'll announce the winner on the show the following Wednesday as well. We'll pick the winner next Friday. But we'll announce the winner on our show. You'll also see the winner announced on Twitter and Facebook before then. But then that following Wednesday, we'll announce the winner on the show as to who wins the Hunter Green autographed baseball. A nice little prize. You will get that um, in a auto, uh, in a cube as well. We've we've got some more cubes on hand, so we'll send you guys a a nice uh, acrylic cube as well that you can put that ball in, and you know that we can pop it right up in your you know. TV area, your your man cave, wherever you want to throw that up and show everybody that, hey, man, I want a Hunter Green signed baseball from Talking Twins. So with that, we'll close out the show for this episode. Remember, though, again, come find us on the web. You can do that by going to www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Uh, speaking of the contest, you can find us on Facebook, and it's just facebook.com slash talkingtwins. And, of course, on Twitter, you can always find us using our Twitter handle, and that is at talking twins remember we are part of the 4d podcast network check out all the great for uh podcasts that 4d podcast network has to offer by going to www.4dpodcast.com so with that for daryl yates i'm bradley swanson thank you guys for listening to another episode of talking twins we'll be right back with you guys in a couple of weeks wrap up the november month here and talking baseball on talking twins Hey, guys, as always, go Twins, and we'll talk to you again right here on Talking Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota, Bernie Allen.